0: good morning everybody I think uh, we should go back to the introduction because this is a final lecture on uh, the night of the assassins and uh, when we look at the uh, introduction we're talking about the part where we uh, where uh, Sebastian uh, doggart talks about the 1980s to the 1996 right and he's actually talking about, of course, uh, it goes back to the Cuban theater. The Cuban theater group, Teatro Bunuida places anthropology at the center of its rehearsal method. During its investigation of the after-Cuban uh, religion of Santeria, the group found the rhythms of the Bada drums, where Santeria believers could... Uh, considered to be intermediaries between the human and the divine, can induce some a state of trance. The group now uses trance as a preparation technique for creating a forum of theatre that is both in close contact with its own cultural roots and with which can communicate successfully across national boundaries as demonstrated in the critical and public acclaim that greeted its tours in Europe and the Far East in the 1990s, right? So we go there, and then we go, and uh, we look at what Dogat asked uh, Triana, Jose Triana in Knight of the Assassins, right? You, uh, so Dogar asked him, you wrote the play six years after the Cuban revolution, Does it comment on it at all? Yeah, and uh, uh, Triana says, Yes, I told the Cuban revolution in the play, there are evils in a house. It is getting old and dirty and smelly. We have to tidy it up. Right? So now that's one, uh, it's not quite uh, related to the quotation that we read, but perhaps this is related to the quotation, But we've we've got this idea of uh, Jose uh, Triana having to leave Cuba because of Castro's government finding problems with him. Right? Yeah? And uh, uh, so uh, Dagar asked him a very important question which is something that we have to confront because we call it Latin American literature. Right? And when we get Uh, Griselda uh, Gambaro right Uh, talking and she says well everything is Spanish except Brazil right Uh, the the dominant language in Latin America is Spanish right something that we don't have in English colonies all over the world right so it's not it's not English and it's not about everybody speaking English right it hasn't happened that way Right, but it has happened that way in Spain, largely because of years of colonization. One, secondly, uh, uh, there are different kinds of people who have taken up different portions of uh, Latin America to be colonized, and every one of them has its own kind of history. Right. Uh, So when he says, "Do you think that the aspects of the play which are uniquely Cuban or Latin American, the play?" is definitely cuban that's triana's answer right Uh, then uh, he also says in what way in every way the characters how they move all their gibberish is in all cuban i am a man from the tropics who gesticulates who externalizes things in a different way to someone english or french an actor needs to understand this to seduce the audience the actor needs to be physically free. So Dogar asks him, how would you advise a European performer to understand human physicality, right? So the idea of the physical becomes very important in the theater, right? Because unless one understands how people move physically, you can't have a theater, right? The gesticulation, the body language, the body movements are not uh, limited uh, or, or have the cultural roots, and this is with a ELT theorist or a linguistic theorist by the name of Tom MacArthur, whom you probably already know because you're doing ELT, right? And Tom, Tom MacArthur, in the teaching of English, says that when you look at facial expressions, when you look at gestures. All those kind of things are linked up with the language, right? So, of course, English is different in that. It mixes with a lot of other languages, right? And uh, even over here, you get this idea of the Spanish and the Cuban, right? Yeah, and what is Cuban and what is Cuban gestures is different from what is uh, a Peruvian. Uh, gesture, uh, perhaps, or an Argentinian gesture, perhaps, right, yeah, so the idea of uh, uh, this, uh, the individuality of all that, right, and of course, unlike India, it's not that they come under one uh, geographical or historical entity, except there was only one thing that brought them all together, or they're similar because all of them have been colonized, right? And of course, the Falkland Islands have been colonized by England, right? And the largest uh, largest portion of Latin America has been colonized, okay? And the the Caribbean I- uh, islands by the the French and uh, the English, right? And uh, the mainland largely has been colonized by the Spanish and, of course, the Portuguese with this huge of land called brazil right so uh, what he says is uh to this idea of he needs to know cuban music that's what triana says right uh we remember that we began with latin american music of course i do not know cuban music and that's something that perhaps i'll have to learn and if i'm at all i'm going to teach the next batch then we'll do some cuban music uh for or I'll send you some Cuban music on the the groups uh, the group whatsapp group, right? So that uh, we get an idea of how it is, right? So he needs to know Cuban music, the danzón Which is the classic Cuban dance music or the song. He must know I don't know song. son song. Uh, he must know Cuban gestures as well. There might be a universal theme in the play But the behavior of the characters is somehow disassociated, extravagant. The actor's movement should come from the solar plexus, right? Now, the idea is the movement uh, should come from uh, the core of your being, right? Normally, when we talk about uh, voice, we're talking about breathing from the pit of your stomach, right? Yeah, so that's what you learn when you learn to sing and when you learn to speak because that's something that is largely missed out in all our ELT classes. I don't know why, uh, but uh, ELT classes should be practical. And the idea of how do you read and how do you breathe and how do you articulate things should be taught to all of us, right? Uh, Yeah, so that's one. And uh, he is also talking about Uh, the different kinds of performances he saw which you can read right so uh, that's something else that he's talking about and He is talking about uh, Yeah, the Cuban music Uh, So what kind of music do you associate with a play Cuban music? Uh, A bata drum for example or a bolero like uh, Te odio, the actors could start singing it and dancing it. European music could be there too. Like some Tiaf songs, or niniquitis pasts, as sung by Nina Simone, right? Yeah, so that's something else that he talks about. And he's talking about this idea of, uh, he's talking about the idea of, uh, the other uh, the, all the other kinds of productions, right? And he's talking about people I've actually to know about all these things, right? Yeah, so he he has to talk about, we have to know about the Cuban culture, that's one of the things that he says, right? And uh, when he's talking about the play, he also says that, well, uh, the children get transformed into the mothers and fathers, right, the mother and the father, that's one. Then he's also talking about this cleaning up the house, he's not talking about the Batista regime, As we said, well, it's staged over there, and it's very dicey, but he's saying, well, I told them to clean up the house, right? Yeah, so that's what the play is also saying, and that's what he says, but in the play, it's not very clear, right? Yeah, the whole idea of the house becoming a country is actually what he says the play is about. Of course, he's a writer, right? Uh, But do we give him credibility of that because there are other productions which he's uh, looking at. Uh, what are the things that you've liked and disliked about the productions you've seen of the play, right? I've seen different productions. I saw the premiere in Cuba. Uh, I saw a scandalous one in England where the acting was extraordinary, but I didn't know like how they transposed a Nazi world into the play. Uh, then I saw one in New York in which the actors were good, but the, the director did not understand the play, right? He wanted to turn it into a mass murder. The actors opposed this and did, uh, as did I. Then I saw nothing the, uh, the critics Diana Taylor did with the play. Uh, I saw something the critics Diana Taylor did with the, uh, the critic Diana Taylor did with the play. I have also seen two productions from Miami. The most recent one offered, uh, suffered from the most common defect, which is the vulgarization of the text. There was one scene in which the actress took out her breast to act as a mother feeding her child. That was not necessary, right? But it also achieved a mobility which seduced both European and Latin American people in the audience. Okay, so uh, the silly game of the chair took on a magical dimension on the stage. Their parents, uh, they were living in an enchanted world in which they really could kill their parents. Uh, Yeah. They set very funny traps for the audience, like the sound of the doorbell made by the actress. And these productions were very different, and I think the play is wide open to interpretations, right? So at one level he says, well, it was excessive, but at the same time, what happened is the audience was taken up. Because this was novel, this was different, this was uh, absolutely seductive. Right, and the whole idea of an actress taking at a best and feeding a child, and all that kind of uh, w- which is really a big part of the play, right? Uh, in as much as we're talking about the, the cutting off of the umbilical cord or the metaphorical umbilical cord, we have talked about that in our lectures, right? So, that's uh, something else that we have, right? And then we have this idea of this uh, notion of uh, sexuality. By seduction, do you mean that there is sexual love between the siblings? Something Sometimes yes, sometimes no. They take hold of each other's faces and bodies. They caress each other sometimes, protect each other because they are alone, right? So the idea is, and uh, Simon Doggart because he's English, he says, is that dangerous, right? Naturally, but incest is also a fundamental thing. Who is not incestuous? What mother, what father, what child is not incestuous? They must be, because love lies between them. If the director manages to give the performers rhythm and grace, the audience will accept that, right? So the idea is, I think there's a line in Beckett, Samuel Beckett, which says, incest is in the air, right? So the idea of incest is taboo, but incest is all around, right? The, the idea of the incest being taboo, goes back to the Greeks, right? And of course in the 20th century we find a person called Levi Strauss who also talks about the idea of the incest myth and how uh, it works in all different cultures and all of them you have uh, the the taboo which is associated with the incest myth which you probably have already studied in your structuralism, right? But of course Levi Strauss is disproved because when you look at uh, anthropologists and sociologists they find tribes in which incest does not uh, is not taboo at all or what we call incest is not taboo right because the tribe has to survive right the survival of the tribe is the most important thing in uh, in what other gener- uh, other cultures have the family has to survive right yeah in india it's sudhir kakkar would say that the caste is most important right and ultimately the family right yeah so these are things which the Indians uh, value or the culture of India values right the caste and the family right and when you find certain kinds of uh, other cultures where the tribe is most important the the whole idea of this relationship between mother and father uh, mother and son of uh, mother and son, father and daughter, brother and sister, doesn't matter, right? Because the idea is procreation is the most important thing so that the tribe survives. And the survival of the tribe is more important than uh, most other things, right? When I was teaching in in the South, uh, and we had to give this lecture on... uh, uh, Well, what was the topic? The topic was uh a a common mba kind of topic which was uh criminal punishment should be mandatory for uh not criminal capital punishment should be mandatory for uh rape right yeah and we had to talk about what is rape how do you define rape right yeah and then uh we talked about so uh, this is something that normally happens when people talk about incestual rape, marital rape, and all those kind of things. And one of the students got up and said, "Well, you're talking about incestual rape, but incest itself is common in Karnataka, and I don't think she was from south. Okay, uh, yeah. So she says this is common over here. What we call incest is not incest. Uh, is not even a problem." for the people of Karnataka and many other communities, right, yeah, because the mother's brother marries the niece, right, and that's all over the place, right, yeah, and uh, I think Karnataka also mentions all these things, uh, and uh, yeah, the whole idea of the sexual dynamic, the family, and uh, what happens to all of that in Karnataka, right, yeah, so uh, we, we don't have to go very far away from our own uh, culture to understand that incest is quite common right but then the question uh what triana mentions is incest is there okay and it's in all places and it's all over the place right this whole idea of the umbilical kind of uh psychological uh, umbilical attachment to the mother is there in all uh, societies and all cultures right yeah and if we talk about this, uh, this notion of incest when then we'll have uh, people uh, even in Gujarat, I, I can actually uh, see uh, many of my friends over here who, uh, yeah, who have children, right? And they don't want their children to go anywhere, right? Because this whole uh, Oedipal element between the mother and the son, right? Uh, is quite common, right? Of course, uh, with a daughter, it's a different story, right? Because uh, in the Indian system, you normally uh, expect, okay, and that's very, very anti-feminist. that the daughter leaves the house, but the son doesn't leave the house, right? Yeah, so uh, we can look at all those kind of things that we're talking about, yeah, and uh, 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 he also talks about, uh, yeah, I've forgotten where I saw that, right? He's talking about the power of the play right yeah and uh dogar asks him about that right how important is the theme of power right because we are in a post-foucauldian world and this is an interview which took place in december 1993 which is uh, quite some time ago right uh, and uh, of course uh, Foucault was already well known then yeah uh, I have tried to use family power relations and family games as a way of confronting the theme of power. So there are two games, the generational game and the game of power. Many people like to look for someone to resolve their problems, but they should be seeking to be more humble. We all think we're very important, but we should see ourselves more as leaves in the wind. We should each search to realize the dream of being an averagely perfect man right Uh, yeah yeah so that's one and then he's in the earlier question is so the question is what is uh what is the theme of pa and we 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 get this family pa and cook are shouting and lalo and uh lalo uh yeah uh, he's talking about the father and the parents and We love the parents and all that, that's to the end of the play, right? And, yeah, this is almost like an MBA question. How would you summarize a play in one sentence, right? That's an interviewer's question and that's important, right? Because when we ask questions, uh, and very often uh, these are the kinds of questions that people ask dramatists, people ask actors and all that kind of thing. So that's acceptable at that level. Let us live without fear. So he says, That's the way I would summarize it in one line, right? And this is something that's important, which is tied up to the aspect of power, the aspect of domination, the aspect of totalitarianism, the aspect of fighting, the aspect without having fear, right? Yeah, and I think that's happened to our country, which didn't happen before, right? Because there's fear all over the place today, right? And uh, I don't know, how many people can act without fear and the people who act without fear, uh, actually, I don't believe that they don't have fear, right, because they're acting out of fear with a certain kind of political understanding in mind, had, had they not had that kind of political understanding of themselves and the, the, the powers that be, they wouldn't have acted uh, or pretended to act without fear, right. Uh, yeah or yeah we, we need to analyze that much more because we're talking about our own culture and our own culture uh, when people act do they act without fear yeah when we've got such a lot of domination by parents by teachers, by people in power or anybody anywhere right so well now it's showing that we act out of fear and that's something that we need to think about right. All our acts are weighed done By the t- terrible weight of fear But I still want to live without it I want people to live life As they dream it Right So he say That there's a universal That normally we act out of fear Right So This is something else Yeah And uh, yeah, yeah So we've touched upon All these kinds of things Right And uh, uh, Yeah uh, we have to go back to all these kinds of things like uh, what we read in the beginning when we talked about these uh, kinds of uh, uh, typically Latin American uh, ways of operation, right, yeah, and we talked about this idea of the uh, the idea of uh, the, the the uh, commentary on the play itself which has been uh, something that is part of the history right yeah and uh, Santeria right and all those yes uh, and we had all those things which we have uh, right in the beginning right where you have uh, people commenting on the play right commenting against the play right and you have that uh, again and again constantly in the play especially when Kuka and Beba say, oh no I'm sick of it I want to get out I want to get out right yeah and th- that's the kind of thing they have and then they convince them no we have to get through it we have to get through it we have to get through it yeah so so that's something that's going on and of course it's used in a very creative and a very different kind of manner because uh, it's Acting other people's parts, perhaps that's been got from uh, uh, Pirandello, and uh, it's also uh, from a Latin American playwright called uh, Agassiz Bol. Right, of course, this is a written down play, but the idea of the script, making your script, okay, all those kind of things coming in is a a part of the legacy not only of Pirandello and of uh, uh, Bol but it's of many other people, right? When you're actually criticizing a play and you're saying, well, and that's very Latin American, yeah, I don't like this play. and This is not part of the script. Uh, how is it then, right? So this whole kind of dialogue and saying, well, but you put your own stuff in and I put my own stuff in and we've written the script together and the script doesn't become one person's script. So it's triad script, as we know, but in the, the play, right it says that well we try to put up our own script and that's also got something to do with the idea of brecht. where it's called and the idea of the Fur Fremdung's effect right so at one level it's saying well and it's the Fur Fremdung effect is actually saying don't identify with us right don't identify with the action on the stage think about it right Don't get sucked into this idea or what Triana uses, seduced by the acting and by the actors and all those kind of things. Don't get seduced by them. Yeah, remember you're looking at a play. You're watching a play. And if you're watching a play, that means people are putting on an act. Right? Yeah, and the question is, uh, the psychological question which goes back to Shakespeare, are we all not actors? We're all acting all the time all the time we're acting right as teachers uh teaching is normally looked at as acting and content right yeah so the question is the part of us all being actors when we speak when we gesticulate when we uh facial expressions uh oppositions right yeah the physical kind of positions we have how we move about all those things are what is called acting right Yeah, and uh, even when we talk about choices of texts, right? So, when we choose a text and how do we interpret a text, right? Is that not acting, right? Uh, The actors also interpret texts, right? Of course, the teacher is just one, but the thing is, we're all acting all the time, right? So, and of course, with modern psychology, we might act like the father and mother very often. Yeah? When we are more uh, aware of the parent, the adult and the child ego state as, uh, as you have in transactional analysis, you will probably find that sometimes maybe the way you hold your head or the way you uh, articulate a word or the facial expression that you make or anybody else makes is very much like the parent, right? Or you have people... Uh, well, uh, we knew somebody uh, who actually imitated the teacher and we found it very strange because it was not from our university, it was from an- another university and uh, the teacher had come over and he spoke with a very, very British accent and he said, oh well, I don't know what exactly that means, right? Uh, that's a typical British accent. And this, of course, you can... Uh, you can give that to the person the teacher because he actually lived in britain and he actually lived in oxford for a long period of time yeah but the student had only seen him and otherwise he spoke Bengali, right yeah so what's interesting is the student comes back and says well oh uh, i can't really explain about the war and how war operates because war ca- happens on a map right he was talking about shakespeare's History plays and the idea of war, right? Yeah. So, uh, so you can get, uh, you can imitate teachers, you can imitate students, you can imitate politicians, you you can imitate actors, right? And all those kinds of uh, when we are aware of it, right, that becomes uh, the fact that we are acting, right. So either we consciously aware of how we act, or and we use our voices very consciously. to imitate people right or unconsciously which is more of the case right and that's why uh, the consciousness that arises when we do this kind of a play is very important right yeah when we are conscious that we are acting the parents right and of course if you take Triana's home as the state then are we acting as the state right or when we are acting the parents are we acting as the state Right, or acting up people in power because the only people in power are the state, right? And clean up the home means cleaning up the state, right? Yeah, and uh, the whole idea of the chairs, uh, this, as we said before, is something that comes from Inescos, the chairs, right? So objects have their own kind of power, and that's something that is not only Inescos but is also very Latin American which we see in a lot of fiction, right? So the chair gets a property, the chair gets a life, everything gets a life, right? That's an idea that you might find if you listen to the Walt Disney production of uh, 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 Montezuma's daughter, right? Yeah, right? And uh, uh, this uh, little girl uh, who is... Going to be enslaved montezuma and all those kind of things latin american right yeah uh she says well you you think you own whatever land you land on the earth is just a dead thing under your feet right yeah but i know every crack and tree and fountain has a life has a spirit has a name right yeah okay yeah Yeah. and uh, so that's so she's saying how ignorant you are Right? How ignorant you are with all your Western discourse. When we in a tribal or a, we are tribes of Latin America or we are the natives of Latin America or we are the natives who find that everything has a life. Right? Yeah? And the... Uh, right? Have you ever heard the wind cry to the blue-horned moon? Or ask the grinning wildcat why he grins, right? Yeah, so have you even related to animals? Have you related to inanimate objects as living things, right? So that's with what you call uh, the so called Red Indian law because the hundreds of tribes which we don't know, and many of them in North America have been t- put to death, right? Uh, of course, when we get into the next play, we'll see that a lot of them campesinos, right or called campesinos, right which are uh, sometimes they're uh, 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 part Native American part European right or uh, because the Spanish were not colonizers like the English and the French right uh, and of course some of them did right but they were more the kind of settler colonies that we had with uh, Mughal India where uh, the people come and settle in India and uh, become a part of the the the, uh, the, uh, the culture, right? Yeah, give to the culture and uh, intermarry with the people and all those kind of things, right? And then we talked about that when we talked about uh, the introduction to the idea of Latin America itself, right? So we had the purist kind of thing and that's, okay, which we don't have in India, which the purism in India is the Brahmin. Uh, the brahminical uh, caste which we have right and some people think that they're pure but we know that that's a myth right there are no pure caste of or anybody is not anybody is pure right that's a myth that we already know right and some people are trying to live all those kinds of uh very uh self negating kinds of myths because uh at this point of time if we are talking about the purity of caste and purity of race and all this kind uh, this this very backward kind of tendencies which uh, we are finding more and more happening in India, right, and of course absolutely false, right, uh, because how do you say that uh, this is a superior caste and this is an inferior caste, all those kinds of questions are very very problematic for us, right. And that is not as complicated in Latin America, right? So now, when we go back to the play and the structure of the play, we have two acts, right? In the first act, we have this uh, kind of scene and uh, that is uh, Lalo and Biba and Coca, right? They talk, it's a home scene, right? And they say, well, the parents have to get out. That's the way it begins, right? And the whole idea of do they kill his parents or do they not, right, is something that is a question, right? So they say, and they keep acting in the play, and they say, well, we want to act out this murder, right? And ritual murder, as we said before, is not something that was not uh, done in Latin America before the coming of the Europeans, right? Because they actually the actor was put to death right yeah it's not the the uh, the metaphorical scapegoat that you have with the trajan okay because he either wore a goat song or somebody was made into a scapegoat right that's what we have in european drama or greek drama right here the actor was actually put to death right and he gave his skin to somebody else and went up and was put to death we know that, and uh, when we're talking about drama, we're talking about drama and ritual, right? And ritual killing is not something that was not uh, not foreign to uh, the, uh, some of the Latin American people, right? Because uh, when you, whether you look at apocalypto or uh, the whole idea of uh, killing a person or a, a person who is. Uh, by the tribe to offer himself up, right, for the ritual killing, right, uh, is something that is there in Latin America and that's been there for a long time and it's associated also with the kind of drama that they had before the coming of the Europeans, right, yeah, it's not that drama is something that the Europeans get to Latin America, right, yeah, it is that they had different kinds of drama but the question is uh, uh, does drama actually change after the European comes there, right? So that's a question that we need to think about. And when we look at the structure of the play, the first act is uh, this kind of family drama, which we have where Beba, Coco, Kuka and Lalo are playing out their own roles, right? And they're talking about their parents, they're talking about uh, their own kinds of uh, problems that we they have uh, with each other and with the parents, right? And then the constant urge to get out, right? Yeah, right. And then you have the knife, knife uh, sharpening, the, and the idea of killing the parents off. And then you have the song about uh, the the kitchen. is not the kitchen, and the uh, the uh, the dr- living room is not the living room, and the chair is not the chair, and the ashtrays on the table, and the chair. Is, uh, yeah. So all those kinds of. Uh, Again, that's talking about your rituals and my rituals, right? Yeah? So you think that the ritual has to be that uh, the ashtray and the vals have to be on the table. Why not on the ground? Right? Yeah? So these are different kinds of rituals, right? And uh, the the question of uh, colonialism is also part of that, right? Like for instance, in India. Uh, Many people like to sit on the ground in spite of having chairs and tables, right? I have a lot of friends who say, no, no, we like to sit on the ground, right? So, uh, that's again uh, a kind of choosing what ritual you want to perform, right? Yeah, so uh, the idea of these are the rituals going on, that's one. The other thing is uh, the chairs, the tables and where they're placed is also policy decisions, right? So symbolically, they are policy decisions and policy decisions are very, very important, right? Because policy decisions don't affect just a family. Policy decisions affect a whole lot of people who are in the country and in the state, right? And policy decisions have got a lot to do with power, right? Yeah, and that's why uh, many people, are like, once they like the British and they don't like the British because because of the British, we in India have actually come to deal with this idea of caste. We've come to deal with this idea of gender, right? We've actually confronted our uh, patriarchal and casteist and racist notions of things, right? And that's when uh, the policies, whether it's riding on a railway train Right, which doesn't accept the caste system right okay. It might have uh, had a small little kind of uh, a lady coupe and many trains still do, right uh, which is uh, something else but the, the notion that we always uh, when we have modern technology and we have this idea of policy decisions, where is what placed is a problem right? and if the policy decision is to have a separate girls university and a separate uh, uh, men's university then that's again something that is not modern and that's what we've not been brought up with right yeah and that's detrimental to the idea of culture because that's exactly what happened right so uh, did of course our culture change because of policy decisions yeah and there's a cultural change because of policy decisions uh, and, of course, the ideology of governments, right? And you have one government who thinks that a lot of people uh, should act, women should actually be in the house and looking after uh, cooking, and that's the kind of policy decision uh, extremely patriarchal parties have, right? Which we find uh, still very predominant in India, right? Which is disgusting and sad because we are post-colonial subjects, right? And we can't go back to the pre-colonial time, right? We just can't go back there, right? And if you want to go back there, uh, uh, many people are not going to agree, right? That means we have to go back to an anti-democratic, Brahminical, Brahmin-dominated past, right? Which I don't know whether anybody wants to do but maybe somebody some people like the idea and a lot of those people are in power but they're full of contradictions right yeah at one level you want that at another level uh you uh, want women to be free right so that's not very clearly worked out right yeah and policy that's why it becomes so important right when you have a policy which says Uh, you have 50% women and 50% men in government from the parliament right to the lowest panchayat to uh, uh, appointing women in offices right and that kind of 50% division uh, actually changes the demographics of your country right yeah so when you say well the chair shouldn't be here and the ashtray shouldn't be on the chair it should be on the ground and all those kind of things right that's just symbolically talking about policy decisions and policy decisions, as we all know, is not about chairs and tables, right? It's not about chairs and asterisks, right? It's about human beings and how human beings feel with the policy decisions, right? Even if it's, chair, if it's saying that chairs are to be used in this way and chairs are not to be used in this way, that's in the house, right? But uh, do you have buildings, like we go back to this story of Maoist China, right? And I remember, this uh, person who was my uh, father's colleague and a a family friend, and he told us once that he had a house with 222 rooms, right? And what happened when the Maoist came to power, the first thing they did is they removed the locks of everybody's door, right? Yeah, now that's a huge policy decision, right? That means what's there to rob in your house? Common property, right? Then you can't rob anybody because what are, you, what are you going to rob? Nothing. Right? Yeah? So when you have no locks on your door or you say nobody locks the door, right? Keep your door open. That means everything is common. You don't even need to rob somebody else's thing because everything belongs to the state. That's what the Marxists would do, right? And this is a kind of problem because there's a policy decision for people who are in another regime right yeah it's not that it it happens all over Marxism right but uh, that's how the Chinese probably did it right now that is a policy decision which we have to think about right so when we talk about education education is a policy decision right and how we look at education how do we look at reservation and education that's a policy decision because this is going to affect people a long time down the line, and with our historical past of caste oppression, racial oppression, uh, gender oppression, right? Yeah, which we all know about and we're stunning about, right? Then I think we need to think about what other policies which are going to change this, right? So are we going back to a past which says have female feature side, right? This is a, okay and acceptable because that's a, a, a culture and a tradition, right? Uh, yeah so do we say that right or do we say well no right we have to protect the girl child we have to encourage the idea of uh, a parity in gender right in the numbers of gender right because the the, the gender ratios already skewed and uh, that's the kind of thing that we have to do right so does a government do all these things or not right so that's important for all of us to look at right and i think uh we have to think about uh, all uh all these kinds of ways of operation right and uh we also have to look at uh, how do we actually come to this notion that uh we are actually uh, troubled by the idea of policy right so what triana has done is when you have these things of allocating this room and that's again a policy right of course i find that very curious and very funny right in some ways because i've recently changed the way uh, my house is not because of being uh, deliberate about it but because they were tiling the floor and you know that i stay in the university quarters right And my bedroom and living room has been shifted, right? Because uh we had to shift the furniture, right? So the so the living room is not the living room anymore, and the living room is a bedroom, right? Yeah, and the bedroom is a living room and yeah, all those kind of things happen, right? The only thing is the kitchen is fixed otherwise maybe you have a moving kitchen and sometimes people have that you just have a number of rooms you choose which is the kitchen you choose which is yeah of course you need water and all that kind of thing and some rooms are also fitted up for that right yeah maybe you can't change the toilet you can't change the kitchen these are normally fixed because of uh, logistical problems okay and the idea of architecture right yeah so we fix the kitchen because of water, okay? Because you need a fireplace, okay? Because you need the gas, you need an air vent so that the the smoke can go out. All those kind of things, and the toilet. Uh, at least in today's world, the toilet has to be fixed at a particular place, right? Yeah. Uh, before you had uh, these ideas of uh, enamel commodes and fixed commodes and uh, sanitation and uh, all those kind of things, right? Perhaps you could move the toilet around in the West, at least when they had what you call the chamber pots, etc. Right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, otherwise, uh, this whole idea of allocating which is what, right? Uh, this is a governmental policy, right? So, the play is very political in that. What is a policy? Can I change the policy, right? And we know it's set in the Batista regime and is saying, well, let's change the policy, right? It's also saying, let's tidy it up, let's make it better, let's make it democratic, okay? And that comes across because we in India play a lot of games of domination, right? Yeah, and anybody who's got a slight amount of power would try to dominate everybody, right? And this idea of balance of power never happens, right? And I don't know when it's gonna happen, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you've had, the I, and I do not even agree with the idea of a revolution, right, because I don't know whether revolutions uh, actually change everything and I'm totally in doubt and in case somebody wants to educate me, uh, educate me on the notion of a, reservation, uh, a, a revolution which is actually going to bring benefits, right, I would be happy to learn from them, right. Yeah, but if you look at the histories of revolutions, it's just that some people change and everything goes back to the same order because it's not easy to change the whole amount of people, right? Culture is something that's slow, right? We already know that in culture studies, right? Yeah, and when you have, uh, uh, you have technology changing, culture also changes and the whole idea of a technological revolution is also a cultural revolution, right? Yeah, of course cultural revolution can be brought, brought about by ideological changes but even that is not easy, right? Because we have this uh, example in Europe where they had all the modern thought, right? And they couldn't implement it because uh, uh, by the 18th century, 19th century they, they couldn't implement all those things because they still had the old world, the old world culture. They had a lot of all those things which still were around the place, right? And the French Revolution uh, did uh, actually work there, but this French Revolution one must notice happens after the American Revolution and a lot of the uh, the European notions of a modern culture, modern technology okay and a modern way of thinking right uh, of course they were in the Brit- in the medieval ages tried out in places in Italy and Milan and uh, Venice and all these kind of things. but when it's gone to the United States. They put it into practice, right? So the idea of culture and how much and culture is slow. Technology changes culture. We all know about that. But culture is slow, and when culture operates, right? Then uh, uh, how do you fight that, right? So that all those kind of tensions are what we see in the plate, right? And one notion, the idea of the family, right? The idea of family values, which is something that i find many people touting family values what are they i don't know we don't understand that right these are not defined yeah these are terms which are not defined either deliberately or uh, because we don't have clarity and it's assumed that we all understand what family values are right yeah and the whole idea is also that we understand what it is to be indian which is a problem especially if you're doing Indian writing in English, we're talking about Indian culture, right? So what is it to be Latin American? What is it to be Cuban, right? Or what is it to be Indian in the United States when people call you an Indian American, right? Yeah, and how are you Indian? Okay, I I had this famous fight with uh, my cousin's daughter when she came here and somebody asked her, are you comfortable with this term Indian American? And she said, yeah, it's okay. But I said, how is there any Indian content? You've been born and brought up in the United States, you won't be able to stay in India because you don't know any of the languages, right? And even if you learn the language, right, you have to actually deal with different kinds of people who are brought up in different kinds of contexts in different situations, right? So, how do you uh, say that you are an Indian, right? So, all these are very complicated uh, problems that we have, and we've got a lot of answers but no solution. Right, And that's where we are different from what you call an MBA, which have a very nice solution. How are they Indian-Americans, right? And that's given, and that's a very English kind of thing. Like when we had uh, Shambhya philosophy and Vimansa uh, and all those kind of things that we had in India, we have the European getting one word down from the very clever uh, and cunning kind of Indians who gave them only one word, and that's what they were satisfied, okay. But the sad and terrible part of the story is when we gobble up all those kind of words without understanding concepts, okay, which we can do with a lot of hard work, study Sanskrit and uh, or whatever text we're talking about, right? Kannada, Malayalam, uh, Tamil, uh, Telugu, all those kind of things, classical uh, uh, versions of them, and go back and study all those concepts, right? and then we can probably knock the british off and their own kind of indian philosophy came, okay, right yeah so this is a difficult cultural problem that you're facing but the play actually does that right using techniques right well which is actually changing right in the second scene it's a critique of the court system it's a critique of the political uh, the police courts right it's a critique of the inefficiency of the administration, the bureaucracy, the whole notion of all this kind of judgment. And of course, you can see that all that is broken down because there's no judgment given. The audience becomes a judge and the drama becomes personal, family drama, right? So, uh, this idea of building up to a crescendo, building up to an end, building up to a conclusion doesn't arise, right? Like, typical aristotelian drama right but this is a modern kind of drama right and it gives you an insight and you have different people changing and the children become the parents and actually talk as mother and father and they are also brought to trial if you like but not really in a, a government court or a judicial system but they got brought to trial in uh, what you call a family manner at one level and they, they also brought to trial with the confessions that they make right and some some like the mother doesn't want to really admit her guilt the father does right okay and he, his ar- argument is we already dead so what right so then the dead plays out in two different ways one is Uh, they're probably actually dead right Uh, and the the next way is they're probably dead only metaphorically because they don't have any life right and that's much harder to take especially for Castro's government right so if everybody says well we're dead we don't even have a life we don't even have any way of talking against the government we don't have any way of actually having a revolution even talking among ourselves and trying to get things different right then immediately that dead is also very problematic right and if it's dead and they've killed the parents off that means uh, and they're in the the revolutionary phase right so the play uh, is not very easy to uh, it's not very easy to say this is what the play says right which all which is with all plays everywhere right but it's more complicated because of these role changes that they have, right? So the technical aspects of the play are because of role changes, the, because of the the opening and the ending which looks like modern drama with a very neat kind of circle around it. It begins with this and it ends with this and you look at the same scene again uh, in the end as in the beginning and nothing is moved from there and you also have the existential bit which says, well, nothing changes, nothing moves, nothing, right? Yeah, I think I have to stop and I would be very happy if people ask questions and read the play again and again, ask questions, and if you like, we can have another lecture. I'm sorry, uh, this is just a one-way conversation and a sad one-way conversation because uh, my gestures, my facial expressions are all getting lost, right, in this idea of only an audio kind of production, right? And of course, I'm not technically savvy enough to have a video uh, recording, but even then it would still be one way because otherwise uh, we we have to have an interaction, right? So put them, put down your questions and uh, that will make a lot of difference uh, to me and to you, right? Because we need to think about the play and like the play, is the play ended? No, we don't go back and think about it right yeah even when the play ends there's a lot of questions that we have about technique who gets the technique in what is the play saying what is the ideology of the play what is the character how do the characters change yeah all those kind of questions uh out to be worked out after the play is done right and uh, we can never say that we finished reading the play right and well we can say that right but that's in a colloquial kind of way but actually we'd go back and read the play again and again and if you read the play after 10 years after a lot of reading and a lot of experience you'll find that it's a different play that you're reading right and you'll be able to understand the play differently and i hope that happens and i hope a lot of people no matter if you're lawyers or judges or whatever and you read the play again and you say well the play is different or some of you uh, i know there are uh, some of you are Uh, theatre activist, right, can actually put the play into drama and uh, get it out a little more uh, by your own creative uh, methods and uh, make it more live, especially for India maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll get into trouble, right, when you put it up, right, Uh, but that's okay, right, because theatre has to be educated, that's what the Latin Americans tell us, And theater is a tool for educating people, right? From Paulo Freire, Augusto Ball, uh, the Mexicans, and many other people in Latin America, look at theater as a way of getting educated and educating number of people, right? And what is unfortunate uh, in our country is movie theater, does it educate? Maybe in some pockets, yes. Right, and uh, with the TV, with we trust all that technology. That our culture has also changed, right? And we can't say that we've we've always been the old culture, right? Because when you get your TV moving into the uh, the rural areas, right, and you uh, even otherwise, right, the policy decisions change. Otherwise, we wouldn't have farmers' suicides, right. Uh, The idea is that culture has changed, right? And uh, technology changes, culture also changes, and we look at the play from different kinds of points of view. So I'm waiting for questions uh, to question whatever I've said and to question the play, which is an important thing to do, right? Thank you. I think it's time, okay, and we'll meet for the next play and maybe we'll have a lecture on Latin American drama looking at all these plays together. Thank you.